0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Lee Eevee Korean Drama Podcast Show. I hope everyone is having a lovely week wherever you are around the world. Today, I'm going to be talking about a very, (laughs) I want to say, silly K-drama. Oh, so this is episode 96 of the show, I should point out as well, which means I'm almost up to 100, which is like crazy exciting. But anyway, that's not the point of today's episode. So the K-drama that I am going to be chatting about today with you guys is called So I Married an Anti-Fan. I've also seen it written as So I Married the Anti-Fan, which for some reason I like better, (laughs) although both make me giggle. So uh, So I Married an anti fan is a 2021 fluffy rom-com, but it was actually initially filmed back in 2018, uh, so pre-produced. And for whatever reason, and I don't know, and I didn't Google it, (laughs) I can't tell you. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who know better than I do. Um, It didn't come out till 2021. So that's when it finally got its release date. So this drama is just, you know, it is tropey, fluffy, romantic. I want to say goodness, but I feel like half of it is fantastic and I loved it. And half of it was just the most bonkers shit that I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen a lot of bonkers shit, but there were some storylines in this drama that had me scratching my head. And by that, I mean, I was just like, what? (laughs) It was insane. But in saying that I found, I found this show so easy to watch. Um, I felt like it just sort of like dragged me through the whole way. Um, There wasn't really any instances of, you know, every time the main couple wasn't on screen, I found it a bit boring, I have to admit, Um, but mainly they were on screen. So mainly I was just along for the ride. And, you know, I watched it all the way to the end. Uh, A lot of these kind of 16 episode rom-com dramas, you know, they get pretty, I want to say stupid. (laughs) Towards the end, kind of really quite often, I think they just really run out of steam or run out of story. And to be fair, I think this one kind of did as well. But for whatever reason, I didn't kind of have that kind of niggling like, oh, I'm really forcing myself to watch this now because I've really run out of story. I think they just made me like these leads so much that I was just there to watch their like really dumb sort of happy ending at the end. And I want to say thoroughly enjoy everything to do with the main couple's romance in this. And I'll get into all the other shit later because there's a lot of stuff in here that is insane. But when it came to the main couple, like I was 100% on board. I just really, really liked them. Um, So I said it's 16 episode. It's a rom-com. So this one is actually based on a novel I found out, which I think is pretty cool. Um so I guess I'll talk a little bit about why I watched it. <laughs> I don't really know. I think I was just in the mood for something fluffy. It was new. I was trying it. It was there at my fingertips. But I have to say that I probably have a little bit of like I'm not like a mad fan or anything. I haven't been following him around K drama land. I haven't been you know anything like that. Um, but I do have a bit of a soft spot for the actor uh, Cha Tae Jun, um, who plays the male lead in this drama. He plays a character called Hoo Jun, which I really like that name Hu Jun. <laughs> so um, Cha Tae Jun, the actor. Uh, yeah. You know he's not kind of been in a whole load of stuff I've seen. Um, particularly, he was very noticeable as the second male lead in *Suspicious Partner*, um, the Jitung Walk drama from a few years ago, and I think Nam Ji Hyun, who I really, really love, um, and I really liked him in that. But he kind of—I um, really took notice of him. He had a very small role in this fifty-episode historical uh, K-drama, like *Saguk*, that I was watching um, called *Flower in Prison* who was sort of a second melee, but not really. He just had his own kind of storyline going on. And I just really, really, really liked him in that. I liked his character. And I feel like ever since watching that and kind of wishing that that character could be the star of his own drama, like I would have really liked that. Um, I do think I have a very soft spot for this actor. Um, it's very interesting to me just because of this, you know, and again, I I should have researched why it took so long for this drama to come to air. I'm sure listeners, a lot of listeners, probably already know, but I do find it really interesting, and I, I guess I feel kind of sad for the leads, um, particularly yeah, the particularly the leads in this drama, you know, playing that male lead character and the female lead, because neither, you know neither have really had that sort of big high-profile lead role in the past. And it must have felt like just such an exciting boon to get cast, you know, as the leads in your first kind of like high-profile-ish sort of rom-com, only to then find out, you know, once you've finished all the hard work and you've finished filming, that it doesn't actually make it to air for multiple years. So you don't get that kind of um, boost to your career, which I thought was kind of, you know, I'm just presuming that must felt a little bit sad for them. Um the other thing that's interesting I think about this, you know, the delay that from 2018 till when it airs in 2021 is that this this K drama in a way kind of feels like a weird time capsule. Um, it really interested me how, you know, I, I kind of want to use the words old fashioned in some ways, but there's this tropey kind of goodness to it. Like, I didn't actually mind all the tropy, tropy tropes that were happening. Like, everywhere you turned in this drama was a cheesy trope. And I don't know, it really kind of, for me, it felt a bit like harking back to those more classic dramas. And I guess, you know, maybe, I mean, I don't know, was like around 2018 and maybe up to 2019. I don't know. Like, they're still kind of bringing out these very kind of old school feeling tropey kind of rom-coms. And And I just feel like K-drama probably, probably without me noticing because, you know, I don't only watch the most recent dramas. I'm always dipping back into dramas from the past as well. So I don't tend to like notice these sort of changes in trends because I'm just always watching things from all different years. So everything just feels different. But I do wonder if K-dramas have changed a bit over the last few years, and this really kind of did feel like a bit of a throwback. Um, I'm sure there's going to be plenty more, like, little cutesy, tropey dramas coming out, you know, in the next few years. But I don't know. I kind of liked its kind of weird time capsule feel. Um, I wouldn't say that this drama has, like, a shiny sort of, you know, high-budget feel to it or anything like that. To be honest, like, if I'm talking overview and, and my feelings on the whole drama – um, so I married the anti fan. Um, I, uh, yeah, can't, it's got a kind of a low budget feel. The stuff that happens in it is so bonkers. But for me personally, I felt like the two leads just like saved the day. Like they're so good. For me, they just carry the whole show. I think that they have this really zingy, kind of sparkling chemistry. I just, when they were on screen, I cared and I watched and I reached for the next episode and like actually really cared about you know, obviously I knew they were going to end up together because <laughs> it's that sort of show. And that's what I wanted this show to be. Like, I wouldn't watch this show if there was any doubt, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. It was really kind of buzzy and fun. And, you know, I am such a sucker for the the kind of bickering romance kind of stuff. Like, I love it. I love it when you have a couple that hates each other, but also is kind of like, sho- you know, not like super mean hates each other, but that kind of bickering thing where because they're willing to kind of be a little bit bickering, and mean to each other. It just breaks down these, you know, barriers of being too polite or holding yourself back. And so they kind of get into this position, the couple of really being themselves with each other very, very quickly. You know, they don't have to put on a front. And I I love that kind of vibe. So you know, I have to say, I probably watched this because I knew that was the trope. Um, I love that kind of thing. I think that's really super fun. And I also love like this isn't a contract marriage or anything like that. But there is this element of because of an outside kind of force and reason, the couple, you know, they get squished together in a small space and they're in each other's faces all the time. And they, you know, have to spend time together and do lots of skinship activities and different things like that. Um, So again, that's a trope I really like. So I think the reason that I started this drama was I was in for something fluffy. That's what I wanted. And that's what I got. Oh my gosh. What a fluffy drama. Um Bonkers, bonkers drama. Um, I really do have a, uh, the soft spot for Chair Tae June, But in the end, when I started watching it, interestingly enough, um the female lead, who is someone that I have not seen before. So uh, the actress's name is Soo Young. And she plays a character called Igun Um but Soo Young is yeah you, know, you know I've, I've realised looking at her sort of the dramas she's been in I can see she's been in a few that I've seen but I didn't really take notice. Of her, but I she's actually like um, I think a massive K-pop idol, um, which you know she's from Girls Generation, and I don't know anything about K-pop. My sort of K-drama obsession hasn't like kind of leaked out into the K-pop world, although I know a lot of listeners um, will. (laughs) Your obsession probably has, Um, but yeah, even I know about Girls' Generation. They're a massive band. Um, so it was very interesting. I kind of didn't realize that she really was a K-pop idol. Very funny in this. She's playing, you know, the ordinary woman who isn't a K-pop idol. Um, but young is a freaking delight in this. I liked her so much. Um, so yeah, I'd really love to see her in more stuff as, you know, a lead role in more stuff. Um, yeah, she's just really, I want to say charming, but there's just like a-, a she's very strong and independent, kind of feeling a little bit sassy, but also you you just like her. You like her so much. You really like get into this character and care about her. I think she really is sort of you know, the audience's sort of viewpoint into this story. She's the one that you care about first and that you're following her story as she begins to, you know, peel back the layers on this kind of mean, famous K-pop star played by, you know, the male lead uh, actor, Che Tae-joon. Um, so since I'm talking about casting, uh, I should mention there's the second male lead is uh, played by not an actor, but again, a K-pop idol called Chan Song. Uh, so Chan Song is from the band 2PM. So I know, again, I don't know much about K-pop, so please forgive me, but I do know uh, I do know 2PM because my very first ever, ever K-drama was Dream High. And of course that stars the actor slash K-pop idol Taekyeon. And he's from 2PM. And now I've realized that one of my favorite dramas of all time is Just Between Lovers. And he's his name, E. John Ho, I think, um, who's also from 2 pm. So I don't know what's going on with 2pm, but there is a lot of like, I don't know, cool, cool actors coming out of that group. Um, unfortunately, for the actorslash k pop idol Tan Song, um, the second male lead role that he plays in this drama <laughs> is the most bonkers, fruit loopy. Crazed thing that I have ever seen. Like, it is not this dude's fault, but literally every single time he was on my screen, I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> what is this Fruit Loop doing? <laughs> Please stop this Fruit Loop from doing that thing that he is trying to do. Like he's like, this character is just the weirdest dude in the whole world. It is insane. I'm sure I'll talk about it more later. But to be honest, <laughs> it's kind of like that thing where every single time he came on screen, I was like, oh, like, oh no, oh no. Uh, bad, really bad. Um, again, not the actor's fault bad. <laughs> so the second female lead um, is slightly better than the second male lead in terms of the character, but I'm going to say not by a lot. <laughs> Personally, these are my personal feelings. So the actress is Han ji who I think is also a K-pop lady, but I didn't look up what she's from and I'm not actually sure. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so Han ji plays a character called Owen oh Hyung. Uh, So, so yeah, I I really like the actress. She's very beautiful. She's very like I don't know. I really liked her, but I, you know, the character was like, meh, whatever. (laughs) To me personally, I was not, I was not really caring it the way. Um, so I guess there's a lot of, you know, as there always is a whole heap of recurring recognizable faces of different actors and actresses in this drama, but probably one that I will mention is the actor Kim Min-Kyu. So Kim Min-Kyu had a lead role in a drama, um, uh, what's it called? (laughs) Queen Love and War, which is like a historical romance. Uh, He played the king in that one. I hope I'm getting that right. I'm pretty sure that's right. I did see it. I really liked him in it. He is, you know, basically he's that Mr. Dimples actor guy, um, which is I'm pretty sure anyone who knows him and likes him knows of him as that guy with the big dimples. <laughs> um, really weird because his role in this drama, So I Married the Antifan, is super small, like super slight to the point where I was like, this guy's way too big for this role. He should, I was kept kind of expecting him to have a bigger role. But of course, this drama was filmed a few years ago, um, presumably before um, Queen Love and War came out. And you know, this, this actor's profile has risen a bit since then, uh, I believe. It has. Yes, it has. (laughs) So I think that's kind of all the casting that I'll mention. Um, So I guess my last sort of question before I get on with the setup of the drama is, should you watch it? (laughs) Look, um, I weirdly, thoroughly enjoyed this drama, Um, but it's not necessarily like really, really good. (laughs) <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, but basically for me personally, um, the lead couple is so fucking charming. I really enjoyed their chemistry. Um, I thought their banter was just really well written, like their bickering was really fun. Um, so there wasn't like in terms of their relationship and their romance, I mean, you know, the end gets a bit slow or whatever, but nothing that was like too much of a bother for me. Um, so I just thoroughly enjoyed all their relationship stuff. I found that stuff really, really fun. And for me, well worth watching this drama. Like if you're in the mood for a fluffy romance, and if you love, like I do, that kind of, you know, enemies to lovers bickering romance trope, and you also love a good, you know, kind of, they have to, they don't exactly live in the same house, but they sort of, you know, kind of do like, lots of like, you know, just thrown together for whatever reason, kind of stuff. Like I love that trope as well. So if you're in the mood for it, I think this could be really good. And also, I think probably if you connect with the main characters or, you know, with the actors who play them. Um, But I found them really super charming. I really loved their chemistry. I gotta say, every, no, practically, not every, but practically every other thing about this drama is ridiculous and no good. But in saying that, yeah, you should watch it. I think, you know, it's it's not perfect. It's certainly not perfect. There is some bonkers shit going on in this in this show. But there is enough charm for me anyway, personally, to just carry me through like just so breezily, like just reaching for the next episode. It was an absolute joy other than all the parts of it that were insane. (laughs) All right. So um, I think that's all I'll say for my kind of overview. I think you get a general gist of how I felt about So I Married the Anti-Fan. So now I'm going to try and remember what actually happens at the start and give you guys a little bit of setup for that plot. right. So the setup of So I Married an Anti-Fan. What even happens? I don't know, but let me try and tell you anyway. <laughs> so I really feel like I can't like fully, fully remember how the drama opens and what we see first, but I do feel like uh, the actress Young, or the K-pop idol and actress uh, Young's character. So the female lead, her name is Yi Gun yong So I do feel like this is Gun yongs Story like, even though like the leads are obviously on equal billing, we get a lot of you know, kind of some backstory and a bit of plot, or you know, like an emotional arc around, um, you know, the male lead played by the actor Tae Tae Jun. So his character is Hu Jun. So Hu Jun is like the biggest kind of star in the world, like, he's massive, he's super crazy famous, um, everybody loves him, he's perfect, blah blah blah. But I do feel like Gun Yong's character is kind of, I feel like you know, the audience really goes on. a journey with her. It's her emotional arc and her plot and her trying to find her way in the world and find, you know, where to live, (laughs) want you know, get a new job and all these kind of things. Um, You know, it's not a heavily plotted drama. There's not a lot of plot going on in the plot that does exist is sometimes blown out of proportion to, you know, ridiculous heights of weirdness. Um, but I did really relate to Gun Yong as a person. I really liked her. I really cared about her kind of plight to, you know, just figure out how to live her life and, you know, how to get a job that she wanted to have and how to be independent and not have to, you know, keep staying at her friend's house after she can't afford. Durant? I think that's what happens. Anyway, all that kind of thing. So I do feel like we're kind of following along with her more so than kind of Hujun's character, I think. Um, Although he certainly has some of his own little emotional stuff. I just think it's like almost like uh, like a second thought just sort of got added in and sort of fizzles out. But also I didn't care. I liked him. It was fine. <laughs> So our female lead, Lee Yong, is, you know, she lives in, I'm pretty sure it's Seoul. She lives in Seoul and her family's from, you know, a small town out in the country or just a smaller city. And she's come to the big city by herself and she is a journalist. So she works for kind of a big, you know, a big journalist company or whatever, like this kind of publication that was called something weird that I can't remember and she, you know, she she writes about celebrities and goes and searches news about celebrities and stuff. So geun is sent. Um, so her, like, dude that she works with, um, her photographer at her company, is played by the actor Kim Min-kyu. Um, he plays a character called Soo-hwan. But he's, you know, barely in the drama and probably won't get mentioned again. But anyway... Uh Young and, you know, her photographer, Suhan Han, head off to this like this club. And I think this club is like called Benny's. And I think it's owned by the completely mad second male lead uh, but anyway, they go to this club. I'm sure heaps of other stuff happens before this in the drama, but we'll just start here. Why not? Um, so Gunyoung heads to this club and she's there to basically, you know, cover the event. And we kind of seen that in the workplace, she's very, you know, she's probably like the lowest, I don't even think she is like the lowest entry level sort of position, but that's certainly the way people treat her. Um, they, you know, just keep dumping jobs on her and she just constantly says, okay, okay. So she's all. Always working late. She's always doing work for everybody else. Her boss is completely evil. Ah, oh, the publication is called Wonder Woman. That's why. Um, I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> anyway, that doesn't matter. Her boss at Wonder Woman is evil, so mean, and it's just like really rude to Yong, like just saying nasty shit about not just, like, her work ethic or her work, but also the way she looks and just, like, treating her like a piece of dirt. But we also see that her evil boss is, like, stealing Geun like, you know, proposals for, I guess, articles or, like, special features that they can do, like, with, you know, actors or whatever. Um, So Geun in this really kind of downtrodden position, but you can see she's very passionate. Like, she's still there. She's still working hard. She's still trying. Um, I will mention that Geun also has, like, a little group of friends. So one of her friends is Su Juan, who's the photographer at work who's um, a very nice kind of side character. Like, you kind of think he's going to get pulled into some sort of romance line, but he never does. He's just very, like, kind of a dependable best friend who kind of thinks all the drama's ridiculous all the time. And I very much so enjoyed him and his dimples in this drama. Um, so Goonyoung has another friend as well who she, you know, sometimes went well, when she loses her house, she has to find somewhere to crash. So she goes to her best friend's house and her best friend has this, like, little rooftop apartment. And um, this friend's name is Mijong, Plus by the actress Kim Ha kyung who's not I think I think I recognized her face um, and you know this best friend has a boyfriend who is going to be a live-in boyfriend which of course puts pressure on Gunnyang later in the show to find somewhere new to live. Um, and I'm, I guess I'm just mentioning these sort of more side characters, um, Gunnyang's sort of you know friend crew and backup crew. Um, They don't have a huge impact or any impact on the plot, realistically. Um, I really, really liked them. I loved all the scenes, um, you know, when Goonyoung went to visit them and get, you know, moral support, or she's really down and she's talking to them. And they, you know, particularly her best friend kind of has her own, like, boyfriend sort of troubles going on in the background. Um, But it's all very, like, with a light touch. It's very fun. And I just... I don't know. I kind of really like that Goon had this really fucking solid friend group. And I think so often, particularly maybe in, you know, a fluffy rom-com like this, where it is all about the chemistry between the leads. It is all about them and, you know, them getting together and the romance and, you know, it's a mad drama thrown in, um, I think sometimes, you know, the female lead can be (laughs) like a little bit isolated and kind of not have any friends really randomly. Um, And I loved the kind of care that was taken in this show to give her her own kind of place. And then it's really, really fun to see, you know, the male lead, Jun kind of get sucked into her friend group and they all, you know, eat together or go out or stuff like that was just really cute. And I really enjoyed it. So that's more of just a little side waffle. But yeah, I really liked them. They were good. Um, so anyway, Gun <laughs> Yong uh, goes to this you know this club for this opening i don 't even know what it is, but Jun decides to turn up so immediately we realize that Jun has a very fraught relationship with a second male lead character whose name is Jejun. just to confuse everyone, we have Jejun and Jun. so I guess I'll just call them by their names. We can all just deal with it. Uh, so, hoo Jun is our lead and chae jae Jun. Oh, that's hard for me to say. I'll just say Jejun. Jun. JJ, that's right. Everyone calls him JJ in the drama. So, I'll call him JJ just to di- differentiate there. You can see how professional I am making this up on the spot. Oh, dear. So, I think JJ owns the club. Uh, he's insane. Like, he's, he's a crazy dude. Everything's very dramatic with him. And he's always saying stuff that really doesn't matter <laughs> to the plot or anything at all. Um, and he is completely obsessed with our male lead, hoo Jun. you know, the biggest world star. So we find out pretty quickly that they have a past, that Hu Jun was, um, you know, JJ was at the same agency, you know, like talent agency as hoo He decided to leave and hoo decided to stay. hoo became a mad, massive, like big star. And JJ is still, I don't know, like attempting to be a star. All that stuff was crazy. And I didn't care, to be honest. Um, but it just means that every time these two men go near each other in this drama, things just get weird fast. Like, there's this like, I don't know, like real kind of American soapy sort of feel like, you know, I've seen a little bit, you know, when I was really young, of Bold and the Beautiful and this kind of stuff where everything's like this madly heightened emotions and this really weirdly soapy thing. So it's like they'd come face to face and suddenly like JJ is just, I don't even know, like <laughs> pushing Jun against the wall, punching him in the face, just like really... I don't know, stalking him a little bit. It's really crazy. And then on star side, like the, you know, the big famous star, you're like, just, just don't see this guy anymore. Like JJ is crazy. Stop, stop going places when he calls you to go. Um, stop meeting up with him. Stop picking up your phone. But he doesn't. He just keeps allowing this weirdo, this Fruit Loop JJ to like, just approach him nonstop throughout the drama. And JJ's always doing things like, you know, calling Hoojoon and being like, I'm in the parking lot, like, come down. And then they'll have this weird talk about nothing where JJ's just like hating on Jun for no reason. And then that's it. That's all that'll happen. It's super odd. It's completely fruit Loopy. I did not care for it at all. Uh, so anyway, um, you know, who June, I think decides to go to this. <laughs> wow. What an explanation for the show that I'm giving you, but I've got to say it is light on plot. Therefore that's why I'm not really talking about any plot so far. Um, but yeah, club opening, right? I'm setting the scene. I'm trying my best. <laughs> so, Hujun decides to go to the club opening, I think, because he just wants to show his face and he hates JJ and JJ hates him. And I think they're kind of like, mainly JJ, um, has a real like sore spot because really Hujun is just a better dude than he is in all ways. (laughs) So I don't know, they're always just kind of needling at each other, always turning up where the other one is. Um, Hujun a bit less so, but he still doesn't seem to be able to like let go of this weird, toxic relationship that they're having because he never just walks away. He always... Engages in like this weird Fruit Loopy shit that's always going on. So for whatever reason, you know, he decides to go to this club that's owned by JJ, who's the insane guy. And JJ I think is kind of using it as like a showcase for himself. So basically in the past, JJ has left this agency to start his own because his daddy is super 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 rich. Um so he started his own like, you know, agency like talent agency for, you know, stars or actors or K-pop stars or whatever. And Basically, he does no work. He just spends every single day stalking hoo Jun and being really weird and getting involved in shit that's got nothing to do with him. And the only person we can kind of see that's one of his stars is the second female lead played by the actress Han Ji-yeon. And this character's name is In-Hyung. So In-Hyung, the second female lead, used to be part of the same agency. You know, they used to be a really close threesome kind of friend group and they all loved each other so much and their past was so wonderful. But when hoo Jun decided to stay and JJ left and brought in with him, you know, it's kind of like really fractured their whole relationship. But now JJ has this new sort of talent agency and his one sort of star is in but he never lets her go and do anything. Like he's never like, hey, go have a commercial or hey, be in a music video clip or hey, do anything at all at any point. So basically, I get the impression that he He's like holding her back from having like a celebrity career. He's kind of stopping her from pursuing her dreams. And it seems that at JJ's ridiculous Fruit Loopy like talent agency that he is the talent as well as the CEO. And I don't think it's going that well. (laughs) I don't think he's very good at his job. And so at this like club opening, I think it's kind of like a showcase for him. Like he's on stage and he's like, hey, look at me being Fruit Loopy up here on the stage. But then Jun walks in. And I'm pretty sure hoo Jun does this to kind of, you know, like poke at JJ because he's just, he's better and more famous. And so, you know, all the kind of media that JJ has invited to the club quickly all rush over to Hoo-Joon and take his photo and they want to talk to him. And, you know, JJ gets ignored and he gets bitter and weird and more fruit Loopy than he was at the start, if you can even believe that. I can't. So goon is just one of these media people. She's just there to cover the event. And, you know, she kind of like, I don't know where she, she goes down some weird hallway or something in the club. And she sees this really weird, from her point of view, interaction between, you know, the most famous man in the world, Hoo Jun, and second female lead, In And of course, these two have a past. They used to date when things were better. But Hoo Jun's stars sort of went on the rise and they didn't have any time to see each other. And it sounds like In has sort of drifted then towards JJ, who's always been in love with her. And they seem to be together. They're like the second male lead and the second female lead. They seem to be together in this drama, but they don't seem to like each other or care about each other or ever be nice to each other (laughs) at all, at any point. JJ even slaps her in the face at one point, which I was like, whoa, no good. But Inhyong's whole deal is that she wants to be a celebrity. Like she wants to be famous. That's what she wants. And then like you know, she's kind of painted as this, you know, pitiful character. She cries all the time. She literally attempts to kill herself twice in this show, which I think is like super heavy shit for such a light show and is definitely not unpacked in any way. It just sort of happens and then everyone's like, cool, see ya. And no one talks about it ever again. It's truly terrible. Um, but anyway, all the stuff with the second leads is just the worst shit <laughs> in a very funny sort of way. Uh, except for the, the the terrible suicide stuff, clearly. That sounded terrible what I just said. But I feel that you guys understand what I'm trying to say. Oh my gosh, this is all over the place. Um so Inhyung I found it hard. I think she's supposed to be pitiful. I pitiable. I think I'm supposed to feel a lot of sympathy for her. But I actually found it kind of hard because she, you know, all she wants in life is to be a celebrity. And it's like, be a celebrity or go bust. And I'm like, well, there is other things you could do. Like, if that doesn't work, you know, you don't have to, you know, be that sad about it. And the other thing I didn't like. Was that Inhyung has clearly been with JJ for I don't know how many years, like, but for quite a while. I think it's like six years or something that they've been together since, you know, the friendship fractured and all this stuff. And, you know, we keep seeing her in this insanely swanky apartment with this, like, you know, amazing city view. And she always looks beautiful, these incredible outfits. And you're like, Inhyung, you know, she's a trainee at a, you know, a talent agency she's also not really debuted and she is not got any like work practically because her stupid boyfriend and also manager doesn't give any to her. So clearly she's sort of, you know, she's living in this nice swanky place because of him, but she never really seemed to like him. He doesn't really seem to like her. It's this really toxic relationship. And I get that it might be really hard for her to give up these sort of benefits that she's got and leave, but also, it's so destructive, this crazy fruit Loopy relationship between them. And that's almost like this really darker thing that's never really, never treated us as, as dark as it kind of is when you actually think about it. Like, it's actually bonkers and awful. But anyway, the drama is just so light and fluffy that you kind of don't even really think about it until now I'm talking about it. I'm like, shit, that's dark. But uh, yeah, at the time, you're just like, yeah, whatever. These two fruit Loops on the screen again, blurg so anyway, I didn't care. But uh, at this <laughs> this club, back to the club, the club opening or whatever it is, who knows what it was, um, Jun has kind of come face to face with In Hyong. And I think they haven't seen each other in a while. And so In Hyong is crying because that's what she does. Um, every time she sees Jun, she cries. Also, usually when she sees JJ, she cries too. So, you know, she's very vulnerable and very sad and very upset. And they have all this like, you know, this history and um, but from the, the female lead, Gunyong's point of view, when she's kind of peeking at them, having this interaction, and I guess, you know, from her point of view as a journalist, seeing Hu jun have an interaction with any woman is just, like, scandal central. Like, that's basically what her job is meant to be, is to, you know capture this guy doing something bad or whatever. Um, and so she sees them together. And from her point of view, it looks like hoo Jun like hits her in the head or slaps In-Yong or something. It's pretty crazy. And then, you know, later on in the drama, um, as if we ever believed that, you know, lovely hoo Jun was doing that. But we kind of see later on that, I know she had a clip in her hair or something and he took it out and did he throw it across the room or some weird thing like that? I don't know. But it looks really bad from goon point of view. And then hoo Jun kind of hears, I think, her camera click or something. And he freaks out. He's like, oh my gosh, you know, this interaction with this young woman has been caught on camera, like my career, what's going to happen to me? So he comes over and he's just like a very, he's a really interesting character. I actually really liked Jun. He's like, he gets more and more charming as the drama goes along, but he is really like, flip side kind of thing. And this is what Gun Young realizes very quickly, that the face that hoo shows to the world when he's being, you know, famous hoo the pop star, is very, very different to what he's really like in real life. And what he's like in real life is that he fucking hates everything and everybody and is actually really mean to everybody. And I kind of really liked it. It doesn't have any of the like tox- toxicity, is that the right word? That like JJ does. Cause JJ is, you know, very like whiny and hates everything. It really cranky all the time. But when Jun is like that, it just doesn't have that kind of like, I don't know, that darker underbelly of like weird, toxic shit to it. It's just like you can kind of imagine it, you know, he's come from being this young, hopeful trainee and now he's on top of the world and everything's what he wanted, but it's also very lonely. And he's very cranky because he's not happy. I think, you know, he doesn't have any connections. He doesn't have any sort of real emotional support in his life. He has this kind of broken relationship with his mother. He's like really desperate to find his, you know, all the the usual sob story stuff, right? And, you know, he's broken friendship in the past, but he is very isolated. And he's also very, very famous. And the thing that I thought was interesting about his character is this kind of exploration of, um, you know putting on a face in public or being different to how you really truly are and then almost being you know as Jun is trapped in this fake persona that has been created to enable him to be the most famous guy in the world but once you've achieved your dream and you've worked so hard to get it i can only like i can imagine how that might feel of being like oh you know i don't like this anymore i it feels like lying or it doesn't feel real. Like he can't be himself. Um, So I don't know. I, I found that really, really interesting. But I also have to say that even though like he's very cranky, you know, that those kind of emotions and complex feelings around his fame and around the people, like the fans and everything makes him into this like very, very cranky sort of dude. But yeah, there's no teeth to it realistically or not very often. Like so there's something it's just very blustery. He's just this very cranky. But he does feel harmless, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, as opposed to the JJ thing, which doesn't feel quite as harmless. Um. So, you know, geun kind of sees, you know, she, she's seen this interaction and Hoo-jun comes over all blustery, and he like grabs the camera off her and he's real mean and he like throws the of smashes it on the ground. And he's just yelling at her and he's just being generally a big dick. He's really just not being nice. And then geun for whatever reason, I mean, I don't know why. Why did she do it? She vomits uh, on him, on his shoe, near him kind of around the place. Um, because you know, that's what a female lead does when she meets the love of her life. <laughs> that's how we know that he's going to be the love of her life. Um, so also hujun Jun doesn't like this. He's against the vomiting trope. That's not for him. So that makes him even more cranky. Um, and then I don't know, they just fight a bit and hujun Jun sort of blusters off with his manager and he's going to get into his car. But Goon is like, she's kind of had it, I suppose. Like She's getting yelled at at work. She's getting treated like she's nothing. And now, the biggest celebrity in the world, you know, thinks that he's better than her, thinks that he, because he's so famous, that he deserves to, you know, throw her camera on the ground and smash it. And she's just, she's had enough. So she kind of stalks out of the club after him. And in front of all of the media and all of everybody, she takes off her high heel. Oh, I forgot a huge part of this plot. (laughs) I'll get into that in a second. Takes off her shiny high heel, which reminded me of the plot, and throws it at his head. And then, you know, in front of everyone the biggest world star has like a shiny high heel slammed into his face. And, you know, it's kind of embarrassing for him. And everyone's sort of wondering, I think she yells at him and stuff. So it all goes viral. It becomes the biggest news story ever. And, you know, she's kind of saying like, you threw my camera, like you slapped the woman or whatever. Um, So it's very scandal making. And so now as a reminder of, you know, how the drama actually started, um, what I should have told you guys first is that when we get introduced to Gunnyong, you know, she, she has this long-term boyfriend and she's kind of getting dressed up all sexily in like a little freaking rabbit outfit or something. And she's going to, I think a hotel to meet him or his apartment block. I'm not really sure. Um, but I think she's kind of got to like, you know, this is going to be a real special night. Like it's going to be a bit sexy. Is he going to like propose? Like, but you know, they've got a real solid relationship. She's really into him. And she feels like this is like, you know, a long-term thing. So she comes upstairs and she has like a big bunch of flowers and stuff. And then she sees this other dude making out with her boyfriend. And basically he's cheating on her, which is extremely uncool. So she completely freaks out. She gets unbelievably upset. And, you know, I think that is just another element that obviously leads to her blowing up at Hoojoon and throwing this shoe at his head in front of everybody, you know, making herself also on the front page of, you know, every sort of tabloid and kind of media outlet around the country. Um, you know, because she's just at the end of a tether. She can't deal with any more shit because her boyfriend who she thought, you know, was this permanent thing that was going to happen. Um, you know, he cheated on her. Um, so yeah. And I kind of like, I've got to (sighs) say, I don't know, it feels like a more modern thing, but I was thinking about this the other day too, like so many old k drummers, older, like really like super older ones that I was watching, the female lead would always be in a position of never having been in love, never having kissed anybody, certainly never like, had sex with anybody before, um, but never had any other boyfriends, never, you know, even had practically any interest or whatever. Like there's this kind of like chaste element to the to the, I think the more old school female leads. And even though this drama has some super old school kind of tropey tropes to it, um, I did like the idea that Gonyong has had a relation. She's had a serious relationship. You can see that they have clearly had sex and stuff. Like, Not that it goes into that, but it's, you know, it's just an obvious thing. Like she's had an adult relationship with a person for a long time. Um, and obviously he's devastated now because he's a douche and he's totally cheated on her. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I kind of liked that. I kind of, I, I don't know if I go for that whole, like, you know, super chase woman ideal because you know that never goes a flip side for the dudes. But anyway, that's just a total aside. So what happens after that? Um, so the media goes crazy. You know, she's dubbed the anti fan. She's the most famous thing in the world. She starts trying to tell her story, but no one wants to listen to that story. And Hu Jun meanwhile starts schmoozing the press like he's schmoozing his fans. And you know, all, her, all his fans are after Geun-Yong and it's all basically really terrible. And nothing she can do is going to go right because, and I kind of thought this was interesting too, like I feel like, you know, nothing's really explored seriously or with depth, you know, in terms of these themes in this drama. It is just a light, silly drama. But it did touch on some ideas that I found interesting around fame and around fandom and around, you know, I guess a fandom's kind of feeling that they own somebody, that they own the way that they are, that they own the fact that they're not dating, like that, that person that they love owes them something. Like there's a little bit of exploration in that. And just, you know, this kind of, I guess, you know, how scary it can be that idea of, you know, for Goon having this huge fandom who loves him turn around and hate her. And they're not nice. They're not nice about it. It's very, very scary so all this crazy shit happens. She, I don't know why, oh, she gets fired from her job, like, apparently because of, like, you know, this altercation with hoo Jun where she threw a shoe at his face or whatever. Um, but really, apparently, we find out later in this very annoying scene where this horrible boss who's so mean to geun kind of just waltzes up to her at the, towards the end of the drama. And is like, hey, sorry. And geun like, it's cool. Don't worry about it. I was like, fuck no. <laughs> I can't believe she just forgave this lady for no reason. I really hated that. But anyway, um, so we find out. That Guignon was going to get fired. Like she was going to get let go because they were downsizing or something. And it wasn't really Hu fault that she got fired in the end. But she thinks it is. She thinks, and we do as well, actually, as a viewer, you think that Hu management team has pulled some strings and got her fired. And she's like, this is unfair. Like this is no good. And so she goes on like a public rampage against him. That sounds way more exciting than what actually happened. (laughs) Her rampage is basically like trying to give him interviews. And I don't know, does she walk around with a sign or something? But mainly she just gets mobbed by his rabid fans and her life just goes down the toilet basically. She, you know, has no money. She can't get another job. She's, her, her apartment, um, so her parents own her apartment so she doesn't lose it but she can't afford to pay the bills so they're all turned off. She calls her parents kind of for help and they're just like, give up the city life and come home to the country. Um, and she's like, no, so they're not going to like help her out financially to stay there. If their solution is come home. Um, so she ends up at a friend's house and then she gets this offer from these two producers. And I've got to say these two producers, um, who are they played by? They're played by an actor and an actress um, whose names <laughs> I don't know. So, director Han Ji Won is the dude. He's played by an actor called Dong Hyun Be, who I've seen before in the Yoon Shi Yoon and Isa drama called, I think it's called Hit the Top or. It's called something else as well, but anyway, you know the one where Yoon Shi Yoon comes back from the nineties. So he kind of plays um, just a random dude in that who's very funny. And also the actress um, Im Lim Lim Do Yoon uh, plays screenwriter No Do Yoon, who I really liked. These two, like, they were another sort of highlight of this very ridiculous show. They were really charming. Um, so anyway, they have their kind of like their own side plot and stuff going on, but basically they approach Goon and they're like. We've got this fantastic idea for a reality show. hoo Jun has never, ever done a reality show ever. We want to kind of pretend that he's married or like, you know, you know, those like, uh, you kind of see them all the time, the Korean reality shows where they'll get an actor and an actress who don't know each other and stick them in a house and they have to pretend to be married and do married couple things and... People just watch it and it's charming because you like them both, I guess. Um, so they want to do that, but they want to do it with Gunyong as an anti-fan and Hu Jun as the pop star of the world. Also, I've gotta say, Hoo Jun's like little pop star pop star songs are no good. <laughs> I didn't I didn't think they were very good. Um, he's got one and his like big hit song is like, I'm your pop star. And every time I heard it, I just couldn't help but laugh. <laughs> it was very very funny um so you do feel like it's almost a level of unreality to this show like I don't know I mean I just don't know if you could become a world star pop star with that particular song that seemed far out to me but anyway luckily I liked him so much it didn't matter um, so Goon doesn't really want to do the reality show. She thinks that's insane, but also she really, really needs the money. Um, Hu Jun also doesn't want to do the show. He's absolutely not going to do the show until Fruit Loop JJ approaches him. And in his weird JJ Fruit Loop way is like, hey, if, if you don't do the show, like I'm going to get in to do the show with you or some shit like that. So Hu suddenly like, all right, I will do the show, but it has to be with Goon the anti-fan, because he doesn't want to have to do it with in They have all the history. He doesn't want that in front of the media. And I don't understand it. Like, JJ says this as a threat, even though In is his girlfriend. Like, what? I just never knew with this Fruit Loop what he was trying to achieve at any moment in this drama. There is the most, like, just jumping around, the most hilarious thing, like, and by hilarious, I mean also kind of boring, Um, later on in the show where Hootoon, like he has this ring and he's always like, oh, where did this, you know, this ring belong to my dad? Where's my dad? And he's, I don't know, following like a little... ring trail like he's just looking for clues and shit about who his dad is and so he's always like you know he'll leave and he'll go to a house and he's like talking to an old dude in the house and JJ fruit loop that he is is like in his like Richie rich car like following him around like all the time and like you know what ha- what's the address of the house he went to and like where's he You all the week weird like really really fucking weird stuff anyway um I it sounds like I didn't like it because I'm going on about them so much but honestly like all the second male lead and second female lead stuff like I just sort of tuned out and I really didn't care but it didn't impact the way I felt about the drama as a whole I just really enjoyed the drama so if you haven't seen it and you're listening to me kind of diss them so much don't let that turn you off like it's still a really fun ride. Um, so anyway, hoo Jun finally agrees. And so now him and goon are going to be filming a reality show together. Um, so I really love the idea of it, you know, like they have to film it at hoo Jun's kind of richy rich penthouse, which he doesn't really live in, but he's got some stuff there or whatever. And goon doesn't have a house. She's got nowhere to live. She wants to move out of her friend's house because her friend's boyfriend is moving in and it's just weird. She shouldn't be there. Um, so she pretends she's got somewhere to go and ends up kind of kind of moving into the penthouse without anyone knowing and sort of sleeping in the laundry and just pretending that she's only there when they're filming the show. Um, So yeah, and then from there, you know, obviously they're just filming the show for ages. um, And there's all these, you know, different cutesy interactions. At first, they really dislike each other. um, But little by little, they over a lot of Soju, I have to say, um, you know, he finds out she's living in the house. He allows her to stay, even though, you know, there's a scandal waiting to happen there. And she starts to see that hoo does have some kindness to him, that he isn't exactly, you know, she sees him being so two-faced. Her whole thing is like, how can he schmooze everybody the way that he does? but in real life, he's such a cranky asshole. Like, what is going on? But, you know, she starts to peel back those layers and realize that he's actually this really nice guy, but he's just not dealing with his, like, circumstances particularly well. And Goon herself, like, I don't know, she goes through a lot because there's so much, like, anti-fan stuff towards her, I guess, you know, once this reality show comes out and people see her, like, with hoo Jun, and she's just the target of so much awful shit. And to be honest, like you like her so much. Like I, I was just waiting for things to turn around and for her to sort of get one up over everybody. And I'm not entirely sure that she ever does, to be honest, but I guess that's probably more true to life. Like she doesn't have the power of celebrity and it's this kind of recurring thing in the drama where she's constantly like, you know, I have something to say about this particular issue or I have a different side of the story than the way it's getting painted in the press. But she has no power. She's not a celebrity. She has no control. And that I really liked as well, because that felt very true to the kind of, you know, these mad out of control scandals that like, if you like K-dramas, you just can't help but come across this shit all the time in the kind of, you know, the K-drama sort of news and the casting news and this stuff happens to people and sometimes just seems to get blown out of proportion in such an insane way. Like, so I did kind of like that. It felt I don't know. Like I said, you know, it's not like the show's digging deep into these issues, but it's still kind of talking about them in a way that I actually found really interesting and really liked. Um, so as the drama progresses, obviously Gunyong and Huy- uh, Hujun are like, you know, having just loads of interactions, falling in love. They go to Japan, you know, for a shoot, come back. Meanwhile, JJ is just being fruit loop, and you know, then gets hit by a car. The end. <laughs> so basically, there's no plot, right? Um, but I think um, that's all I'll say on the setup. I, I just can't imagine after hearing me waffle on about the show that anyone who hasn't seen it wants to watch it. And I feel kind of sad for the show because actually it's well worth your time. I really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but I certainly, you know, had a lot to say about the Fruit Loop aspect of it. <laughs> all right, I'm going to talk about some stuff I loved next. Alrighty, so now it's time for stuff that I loved about this drama. And let me assure you, even though I've been harping on about Fruit Loops, there was a lot that I loved in this drama, like actually so much. Um, I think it's definitely worth your time, personally. I actually really liked it. Okay, so definitely the thing that I love the most about this drama is that kind of, I want to say zingy banter. Zingy seems like the right word to me. Zingy, zippy, that sort of feel like. And just this, I think personally really great chemistry between the leads. Um, So anytime Hoo Joon and Goon Young were on screen together, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I think that they're just, and also like, I want to say, you know, I would never claim that this show is well-written. It is not in terms of like the story, you know, well, the side stories and stuff like that. And it just, it isn't a really tight sort of a show, but at the same time, The way that the dialogue and the progressing relationship, um, you know, in the romance department, but even like just getting from the point of really misunderstanding each other and really disliking each other to the point of trusting each other just a little bit and, you know, being driven to comfort the other person if they're in a time of trouble and care, just care about them. Um, I thought all that stuff was written really, really well. And particularly the dialogue between them, I think was written really well. I think that, um, you know, this development of their relationship is very, very slow burn. So it does take a very long time for that kind of like real bickery stuff to kind of back off. But I don't, I, I, loved it. I just, I, I thought it was written really well. It sounds kind of weird after all the, the dissing of the rest of the show, but yeah, I do. I really, really liked it. Um, so for me, that kind of just everything that they did together was what I liked. There's a lot of skinship as well, which I think is really, really fun. So that stuff was great. Um, so I want to say that I really, really liked Jun's character. I found him and his whole vibes very interesting. And I think I think probably this has something to do with the fact that so I started watching So I Married an anti fan. Um a bit before, but kind of like during the same time as I was watching um, another K-drama about K-pop and idols and fame and celebritydom uh, called Imitation, uh, which is also a 2021 K-drama. So that one's called Imitation. And I think watching both of these dramas at the same time, like Imitation is definitely different in terms of vibes. It is a lot deeper and darker and more emotional. It's still a light, you know, romance drama. But there is, I think it explores the darker side of, You know, wanting to be famous and wanting to have that kind of life and what you give up to have it. And then when you get that life, how does that make you feel? But I think this drama kind of touches on a lot of these things as well. You know, Hujun has given up a lot to kind of gain this really high up position. But now that he's up there, he's sort of beginning to wonder. You know, he still wants it, he's still enjoying it, but a little bit less, I wanna say. And he's beginning to wonder what it's for, you know? But the thing that I found interesting is this idea of a persona, you know, like of you know, if you're a famous actor or a pop star or whatever, that part of what you do in public is part of your brand, you know. And we all know this as K-drama fans or I'm sure there's a lot of K-pop fans listening too. The way that people interact in public is, you know, of course, going to be different to how they interact at home with their very very close circle of friends and loved ones. And I think you know even if you're not a celebrity, that's the same. You know, when I go to work in the office, I speak to people a little bit differently to how I do when I am 100% comfortable at home. You know, that that's I guess, you know, being professional at work, but in a lot of ways being a celebrity is being professional at work, or particularly in a country like Korea that has this, you know, unbelievably set of high expectations for the conduct of their celebrities, um, which, you know, in America, it's, or, you know, say like Western sort of celebrity sort of stuff, or Hollywood, it's not quite the same. Like in Hollywood, you could go out, and get drunk and fall on your face and be in a car crash and still get the movie role, you know, it's not really going to that kind of a scandal. You know, you can date someone, you can date a lot of people and no one's going to kind of not give you a role or let you be a music star because of these things. But in Korea, you know, I don't know much about this stuff. And this is just from being a K-drama fan and you see it, you know, over the years. These scandals erupting, and the usually the kind of core of the scandal is something that I'm kind of like what <laughs> like is is that not okay um so yeah, I don't know I, I find this whole thing very interesting, and I do like this idea of Hu Jun, you know at the beginning of the drama, you just you never see him smile ever like until him and Yong are starting to get along really well in this kind of friend sort of way, like they're still bickering. But you can tell he's having fun at this point. So you see him having little secret smiles all the time. But realistically, up until that point, we don't really see him give a real smile. We only see hoo Jun, cranky, unhappy, and then walking on a stage and absolutely beaming out a smile at everybody that we as an audience know is completely fake. And I think I just found all that really interesting because I also wondered, you know, And I'm the same. I know there might be a lot of people who might watch this show or watch other similar shows like this about, you know, celebrities and they will have their own celebrities that they love. And I just wonder, does that make you think like, does that make you think about your own favorite Korean celebrities and wonder how much of their persona and the way that they act is part of their brand is part of the way that, you know, the self that they're showing to the world? Like it must be to some extent. I don't think anybody could be 100% natural, 100% of the time, you know, even on such a small scale with like, you know, maybe us normal people, you know, you don't always want to go to work. Sometimes you go to work and you smile at your boss when you get there, even though it's the last place you want to be and the last thing you want to do. But that's just life, you know. So there is this level of, you know, creating a persona. Um, I just, i feel don't know why I found that so interesting, except maybe, you know, there's been, I feel like over the last year, there's been a lot of mad scandals in kind of K-drama land, a lot of things that have really made me think a lot about, you know, the netizen sort of fan base and, you know, what they call, I think it's Sesung fans always, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but, you know, that extreme level of fandom that puts this extreme pressure on celebrities. And I just always wonder, you know, if you're watching this drama and you're seeing a character like Hujun suffering because of this extreme expectations and level of pressure that his fan base is putting on him. They love him, but they're the ones that are putting this hurtful pressure on him. And then, you know, if you're watching this, but you have a favorite celebrity and you're upset because they're dating someone, like, I just wonder how that how that works. And I guess I'm thinking of something like um, a lot of listeners might've seen recently, like the actor Lee you know, kind of people found out that he was dating somebody and it's very serious. And, you know, he's considered, you know, the charming boy next door and his fan base or some of his fan base decided that the woman that he had decided to love was not good enough for him and, you know, made a hullabaloo about it. Is a hullabaloo even a word? I don't know. Anyway, I find all this stuff like both fascinating and terrifying. I feel like it's, you know, like, I don't even know. It's it's kind of scares me a little bit, but also it's interesting. But I have to admit I am the kind of K-drama fan that shies away from, you know, the tabloidy or the scandals or this kind of stuff a little bit because when I love like actors and actresses, I just have this fear that if I know too much about them, I might like them a little bit less. So, I don't know, you know what I mean like if if there's Something that they've done, and I'm like, oh no, I don't, I just don't want to know. <laughs> I just want to enjoy like the fantasy of it or something. But I know other people are very different in the way that they approach, you know, the celebrities that they love, and they want to know more and more about someone if they really care about them. And I totally understand that as well. Um, I just, yeah, I guess I'm kind of fascinated by the whole celebrity thing, and probably I'm fascinated by it because I'm part of that machine, you know. I'm, I'm a rabid fan. I, I care about all this stuff. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I was just interested in watching a drama about this kind of stuff. So, what's next? on my list. Um, Goonyoung, I loved her as a character. I really, really did. I really, really cared about her. I cared about her emotional kind of journey. I cared about how hard it was for her to fall in love with the biggest star in the world. Like, how can you be confident and feel good about yourself when the whole world hates you or is going to hate you? Like, I found it really interesting and I really liked it. Um, I also just think she's just very, like, kind of strong woman. She's very like sure of herself and she's kind of coming up against so much awful shit from, you know, fan bases and the media and like that idea of having everyone hate you and then still be able to get up out of bed in the morning and go do your thing and be cool about it. I don't know. I liked it. I found her very impressive. Uh, so I want to say next on my list is I loved their first kiss in this drama, um, but particularly the aftermath of the first kiss. It was really fun and I didn't expect it. So hoo Jun makes the first move. He's decided he likes her and he just sort of grabs her and kisses her. And it's a really great kiss, but Gun Yong is she's not happy about it afterwards. She doesn't believe that he's genuine. She can't really feel that this is a true thing that's happening. Like it's moved a bit too fast for her to feel like it's real at this point. And I love it. She just gets so petty and angry afterwards. And it was really good. I just really liked, you know, how they went from this shock of him kissing her without either of them kind of realizing that that is where their feelings had been heading to this fallout of him being like, Oh my gosh, I really do like her. Like I kissed her because I really like this woman. And her being like, there is no way he likes me. He's playing with me and her sort of getting really really cranky at him as a response, which is quite funny just because he's normally the kind of blustery cranky one, so it was very fun to see her just sort of pushing him around for quite a while because she's just like, you are an idiot. Like how could you do this? Like you don't even know what you want sort of thing. And he has to then convince her. But it's a very funny scene, like after it's just happened and he sort of goes up to her and he's just trying to be really nice to her now. And she's like, what is even happening? But she's so like cranky and blustery and she's been dressed like she always, you know, gets dressed for the show by, you know, fashion designers or whatever. I don't know. Um, and she's got this like very small purse that she's wearing and she gets, she's so cranky at everything. She's like, and what's with this little tiny bag? And it's just so funny. I don't know why I found it so funny. I just really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, I loved all that. And that kind of leads to him sort of forcing her to, you know, go back to her parents' house and they're going to go out there. He's going to see where she's from and stuff. And she doesn't want to go, but he sort of like navigates the car that way. And it's all very funny and charming. But even more so, because when he turns up, he's just ready to schmooze those parents in the way that he's so good at schmoozing the whole world. And In her hometown, you know, Goonyoung is the one who everyone loves. She's the kind of celebrity and no one gives a shit about him. In fact, they actively quite dislike him because she's been having so much trouble because of him. And it's very, very funny to see him sort of swagger up there and then suddenly kind of being reduced to, you know, being a very scared kind of son-in-law sort of thing. It was very, very cute and very funny. But of course, that's when he, you know, there he kisses her again, but this time she's in... not that she wasn't into it before she was, but she had a very intense reaction. Was this time they both sort of acknowledge that this really is where their feelings are going? And it's actually quite romantic. I really liked it. Uh, when I want to say I really liked the manager. He, um, so this is Hu Jun's manager. Hu Jun has most of his scenes with this guy, played by an actor called Kim Son Hyuk. Uh, he was great. He just seemed, you know, competent, solid and competent. Like he knew how to do a good job. And I feel like he was the only. I want to say one of the only people in this drama who seemed like he knew what the fuck he was doing. (laughs) So there's kind of this other thing in the drama, kind of a storyline where, you know, all these scandals get let loose. And then because there's this conflict between Jun and like his CEO of his company, um, and the CEO is kind of, to try and protect hoo he starts fucking around with Goon Young and, you know, making her life worse. And hoo ends up breaking ways with the CEO. And the CEO is awful. He releases like all this private information about Hoo-Joon, about like, you know, he's lied about his age, he's lied about his background, his education, his home life, everything. And of course, you know, he's created a pop star persona and all that gets blown open and the people decide that they hate him. Um, and you know, it's not like I loved the storyline, but the thing that I did like about this, um, was I liked the way they kind of tried to humanize the CEO and kind of give that sort of, not to humanize him, but I I liked the backstory, I guess, that, that he used to be a very different kind of man, that Jun feels this. Really solid level of loyalty towards this guy, even though this guy's being awful to him because of this shared history. And also, just that idea that this man could have changed so much that wealth and success and money has changed this man into basically a horrible monster. Um, and I found that really interesting, too. And of course, it made me think of another recent, you know, K Drama World scandal with. Uh the male lead actor from Mr. Queen, which I'm sure most people have read about as well, which just seems insane and crazy and you know this is the actor Kim Jong Hyun and his you know he tried to part ways with his management company, and they literally did this. they released all this private information you know and brought up a scandal from multiple years ago to what ruin his career like what in, you know that's such an intense thing to do. So I don't know. It's it all seems very. It it feels a little bit scary to me sometimes when I read about all these scandals that can literally destroy someone's career. Um, I don't normally talk about this stuff on the show, but there you go. This this light fluffy drama has got me thinking about some real shit. <laughs> I don't know why. Um. So my last thing was. Um. I just. I liked the romance and I liked the kisses. And as a little bonus, I liked, you know, Goonyoung's friend group and I liked the producer couple. Um, they were great. Next up, stuff that I didn't love so much. All right. So stuff I didn't love quite as much. I think I've literally, like, I've gone through it all already. <laughs> um, but basically, the stuff that I didn't love about So I Married the Anti-Fan was basically Everything other than the main couple, Gun friends and the producer romance. <laughs> Everything else was insane. Um, but luckily, you know, the main romance and the main couple was is pre- predominantly the largest part of the drama. So, you know, I liked more of the drama than I disliked um actually I have to say when another thing that I wasn't so crash hot into was when they first start filming the reality show we we as viewers get to watch a lot of what the reality show will look like and you know it's this very awkward very staged sort of weird thing where they have to like clean the house or sit next to each other and eat some food and I was like, I wouldn't watch that show. <laughs> it looks really boring. <laughs> Nothing Happened is so fake. And they're just like being so fake. And I, so I didn't, I actually like found that was a little bit slow at the start. But once they get more into the reality show stuff, I quite enjoyed it. Um, so I've just written the second male lead. What a total fruit lip. Fruit Loop, not Fruit (laughs) Loop. Can't even speak anymore because he's such a Fruit Loop. I didn't know what was going on with him. I didn't know what he was trying to do. I didn't know why he wanted to do it. I didn't feel sorry for him at all. I didn't understand anything about this man. He also hit the second female lead, but it's fine because they got hit by a car and he, he saved her life. So I think that that apparently finger umlaut things, um, forgives all of his past tran- transgressions. And now he's a pitiable, fantastic man. Apparently, apparently, I did not like him. He was insane. Uh, the second female lead was slightly less bonkers than Mr. Fruit Loop but not by a lot. Um, I didn't like, I liked the actress, but I didn't really go for the character. Um, A lot of crying. Also a lot of like just weird sort of drama that really didn't feel like it quite fit in this one. Um, So I thought the ending, particularly the second lead's ending was insane. I don't know that it made a lot of sense to me. I feel like it fizzled out. Basically, In Hong thinks that JJ has ruined her life and career. And you know, he hasn't this time, but he has previously for the last like six years or whatever. Like he's completely held her back. He's made it so she can't have a career. But this time he didn't do it. Uh, but she's really upset and she's basically like, well take this. And then she runs in front of a truck and tries to kill herself so that he will feel really bad. She actually says this later. That's why she did it. Um, But he runs out because he still loves her, even though he slapped her in the face. Um, He runs out, jumps in front of her. He doesn't push her out of the way of the truck. He just puts himself between her and the truck. But the truck is a truck. So (laughs) they both have to go to hospital now. Um, And he wakes up and he can't talk anymore. And she wakes up and she's all good. It's fine. Um, And then you know, I guess Jun comes and he repairs his relationship with JJ. Basically, I think, because JJ is not talking anymore. So can't sort of, I don't know, antagonize him. I'm not really sure. I think it's supposed to be really sad, but it just felt really silly. And then JJ and Inhong go and just live in a big rich house out in the countryside. And, you know, eventually starts talking again. And I'm like, they have such a toxic relationship. Like I, their relationship has not been resolved. Why are they still together? Do they even like each other? Who owns this house? What is going on? (laughs) And then um, JJ has like kind of a nasty older brother played by, you know, the actor Sung Hoon, who's like kind of a bigger actor, um, who suddenly because his little brother's got hit by a truck, he's like, huh, maybe I should be a nicer brother to my little brother. (laughs) So it's all like resolved again. I'm doing finger omelets. Resolved, um, but it was it was it was kind of silly. But also, whatever. I really didn't care. Like that's what's so weird. Like once I start talking about it, I'm like, what? What? This is so silly. But at the time of watching it, I'm just like yeah, whatever. Like, I don't mind. It's all good. <laughs> I think it's just you feel so bland about those aspects. They kind of hear neither here nor there. They certainly don't make you upset. They don't annoy you. You're just like, yeah, whatever. Um, and then you keep watching and waiting for the main couple to come back on screen. Um, so at the very, very end of the drama, um, full spoiler alert, alert, but I've already spoiled everything anyway. Um, so Ho Jun proposes to Goon And it is, of course, you know, a huge proposal. It's very romantic. She doesn't know why she's been asked to some weird place. She goes there. There's just people everywhere. And they're like holding up a sign like, will you marry me? And then he walks in and everyone's cheering and clapping and videoing them. And I'm like, who, June? You don't even have any friends. Like, who are all these people? (laughs) I cannot think of Anything worse for me personally than being proposed to in front of like a hundred people that I don't know who are all looking at me. <laughs> oh, it just it's like nightmare inducing, it makes me shiver. but anyway, Gunnyang obviously thought it was very nice and romantic and I, I'm pretty sure she said yes. so that's it. That's it for me <laughs> on the quite crazy drama, so I married an anti fan. Um, 16 episode, very fluffy rom-com, very tropey, very silly, but with, in my opinion, two leads that elevate it above what it would have otherwise been if they weren't such interesting characters, if they didn't have such great chemistry, and if the romance wasn't, you know, developed believably. So I actually cared about them and their romance. Like, I really, really liked it. Um, So yeah, I think it's worth your time if if you've got some time and you can deal with Mr. Fruit Loop over there in the corner just being generally a big weirdo. But other than that, it was pretty fun. Um, so that's all I'm going to say on the 16 episode fluffy rom-com, So I Married the Anti-Fan. So now it is time for my random thing of the week. And I my random thing for this week is that just this idea or this thought that I think it's really interesting, like you know, K-drama watching moods. Like you go through a mood and you know what you feel like watching and you want to watch that. And if you get that kind of a drama that you're in the mood for, you're going to have a much better experience than you would if you sort of force yourself to watch something different. Um, and I just find that really interesting. You know, sometimes I'm in the mood for like a really meaty, serious sagok with like loads of blood and torture and romance and stuff like that and politics. I'm like, that is what I want to watch. That's the thing. And then like right now, I'm in the mood for the fluffiest, most like tropey romance tropes that I can get my hands on. And I do wonder if, you know, my kind of reaction to So I Married the Anti-Fan um, was because I was in that mood. You know, I'm like super in the mood for fluffy romance at the moment. It's all I kind of want. And I just want more and more of it. It's just really random Um, because it's, yeah, it's not like I'm always in the mood for this. Sometimes I really want, you know, I'm kind of like there for really tight storytelling, a really tight plot. Like I want something that is objectively, you know, really good. And then other times it's like, I will totally swap out it being any good if there's good chemistry and there's loads of kissing And that's enough for me. It's just so interesting. You know, like there's, I guess I'm always fascinated by the idea of personal taste. Everyone is going to react differently to different dramas and, you know, something is going to speak to someone that doesn't speak to someone else. But then on top of that, on top of just general personal taste, you have the specific mood you are in and what's your personal taste at that moment. Um, I just find it really interesting because I think it's something that I never used to think about before I started this podcast. Um, I would just watch whatever I wanted to watch. And then when I finished watching it, I wouldn't really, you know, I mean, I'd think about it again, but I wouldn't dissect my feelings around it the way that I guess I do now, because I'm I'm talking through these things again to, and, you know, doing that, I get this kind of deeper understanding of my own feelings around it, which sounds kind of weird, but that is kind of how this podcast has worked. Um, so yeah, I get really fascinated by the idea of, personal taste or the personal mood and like what it, what it is that drives you to want certain things at certain times. Um, I certainly don't have any answers around these things, but I do find it really fascinating. So that's my random thing. I was just kind of thinking about it because, you know, I finished this fluffy drama and I was like, I need more fluffy drama. (laughs) That's what I want. Give me more romance and fluff. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's it for my random thing of the week. So now it is time for my something I'm loving this week. And so, <laughs> so I think I figured it out. So this is <laughs> I feel really silly now. So like I said, sometimes when I'm recording these, it's like I'm kind of working through my internal feelings around something. <laughs> so um, my something that I'm loving this week is actually a book that I have just very recently finished reading. And just before I was about to, you know, start recording this, I was like, oh, the book that I've been reading that I've been loving is really dark and it's really gritty and it's it's heavy and meaty and really good and really plotty. And I'm like, oh, I've been reading this book for like, I don't know, two weeks or something. I'm like, oh, this is why when it comes to K-drama, like my viewing stuff, what I'm watching on TV, I only want fluff because I'm reading this heavy book. So there you go. I solved the mystery of myself. <laughs> How boring for you guys to have to listen to that. Um, I think I'm using this like podcast as like weird K-drama therapy or something. <laughs> anyway, so the book that I've been reading for the last couple of weeks is called Red Sister. It's by Mark Lawrence. So it is adult fantasy It is dark and gritty and plotty and gory, and if, you know, darker, grittier adult fantasy is not so much your thing, then it might not be for you, but if you do like fantasy, I thoroughly enjoyed this book. So it's the first in a trilogy and I cannot wait to get my hands on the second. Um, and basically it kind of is the main character and it sticks very close to the main character um, over a few years. And she is very young. Her name is Nona Gray and she lives in a very kind of like ooh, a very bleak kind of fantasy world, like sort of a bit medieval, but very bleak, very interesting kind of world building elements coming out in the story. And she ends up, you know, being sold around the place and ends up at a kind of like a weird nunnery for the sort of strange arts, including assassination. So, I don't know. I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, So that was Red Sister by Mark Lawrence. It was a lot of fun and it was also very dark. And um, so I guess since I finished it now, I'm going to go look for a fluffy drama to watch. brings me to the very end of episode what episode is it i don't know i reckon it's like 96 i reckon that's what i said at the start maybe who knows anyway this is the end of the episode i'm done talking i'm going to go do something else now uh but i will be back next week uh waffling on about another k drama next week so i really hope that you will tune in again this is the part of the show where i always say a huge thank you to all those people who have chosen to support the show on patreon you guys are the Um, If anyone else is interested, I do have a whole bunch of extra episodes, um, extra guest gab episodes, extra just drama overviews and random waffles, let me say, as well as um, Flower of Evil, which has been fully recapped for some reason (laughs) on there. Uh, So you can check that out if you'd like to. Um, And also just a big thank you to everyone. Uh, who tunes into this tri- uh, into this show? Just thank you very very much for listening. It's super nice. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Um, thanks so much for listening. This is Lee Evie. Until next week, over and out.